This is Immuno Africa, a podcast dedicated to spotlighting African immunology research. The first edition of the Immunology in Africa podcast graduate student series seeks to spotlight the motivations, journeys, and perspectives of African graduate students in immunology while highlighting their amazing contributions to the field. It offers our listeners an opportunity to explore and keep tabs on the inspiring works of young African scientists in the early phases of their careers, especially those keen on strengthening the continent's capacity for scientific research, growth and development. For this first series, we spoke with six graduate students pulled from five African countries whose research spans a rich diversity of viral diseases, vaccine development, cancer, obesity, autoimmunity, and allergies. The stories told here portray self-motivation, initiative, resilience, hard work, excellence, consistency, growth, discipline, planning, and patience. These stories offer valuable insights and lessons to young and emerging scientists interested in building a career in immunology, as well as established scientists in the field. In the second episode of this series, I speak with Dudu George Massa Nyon. Dudu grew up aspiring to be a professional basketball player, but he is now enamored with the field of immunology. How did he get here? That we'll soon find out from him. With a doctor of pharmacy and two master's degrees from Chait Antadiop University, Dudu's background spans hematology, cancer immunology, and genetics. He has spent the last four years of his PhD understanding the roles of galactin-3 and various cytokines on triple-negative breast cancers. The overall goal of this study is to explore how galactin-3 might be used as a biomarker and therapeutic target in various malignancies, particularly breast cancers. In this episode, he shares some of the interesting findings he has made so far and the implications they hold for breast cancer patients in Africa. I'm from Senegal, uh, Dakar, uh, that is the capital of, of Senegal. And I spent my whole, um, uh, I grew up here and I, I, I went to high school uh, and university here. My high school was named uh, Galan de Jouf. We say Galan de Jouf. Uh, and from uh, that high school, uh, I, I made my final, final year of high school in another school that were more close to home uh, that is called Blesdian. And after that, I came to uh, Shehan Job University uh, where I did start with uh, pharmacy uh, school. Uh, I wasn't supposed to become a neurologist uh, when, I, when, I, when I began. And uh, I wasn't, I, I was even uh, supposed to become a scientist because my dream, my main uh, objective was to become a professional basketball player. Wow. I, I start, uh, I did play uh, basketball for uh, 14 years before being forced to stop due to a conflict between my uh, schedule at uh, university and uh, the, the schedule with uh, our basketball team. Mm-hmm. So. My, my dream was to become a professional basketball player. And I, I, I like to say that I'm scientific by accident. <laughs> so um, 
I start pharmacy school and um, I, during my third year of uh, pharmacy, uh, we did, I had my first contact with immunology. And I was like, uh, wow, I, I'm also passionate about this story. I, I look, I watch a lot, lot of documentary. I read a lot of book about history of different um, continent and uh, countries. So uh, I, I was like uh, listening a story about uh, medieval heroes that were fighting for saving their country. Uh, and it is something that catch my attention with immunology and that year I decided to uh, make it a purpose for me, became an immunologist. It's how the things up. So I finished my uh, pharmacy. I, I got a great, uh, I'm doctor in pharmacy. And uh, I also uh, became medical resident uh, in uh, clinical biology. So I had to spend four, uh, five years in uh, hospital lab. Uh, making routine analysis. And in parallel, I did start a master degree in immunology, uh, which I got in uh, 2018. Uh, and then uh, I uh, start a master degree in genetics and my PhD in immunology. So currently, uh, I'm not medical resident anymore. I, I, I did finish last year. Uh, I did finish my master in uh, genetics as well and now i'm trying to finish my 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 phd mm -hmm. oh wow yes. so I, I think for someone who wanted to be a basketball player and then you are so invested in learning now i think it's it's really an uh a great transition so like i'm, I'm just really surprised pleasantly of course that you've already done two masters yeah and <laughs> You you already wrapping up your PhD. So, but I I think I I I think I'm tempted to ask like maybe you should provide more details about how you got interested in the field of immunology and um what uh what drew you to the field. You no, know, what was that interesting part? Like you already mentioned that it was in your third year, and then you talked about history, um, some historical books or documentaries you were you were exposed to, but let's get going to the nitty gritty of how you got interested. What in immunology sparked your interest that made you to, I don't know if you've abandoned it yet, but made, that made you abandon your dream of becoming a professional basketball player. Okay, so um, um, first of all, with immunology, uh, at the start, it was a curiosity. Uh, I, I, I've we had excellent teacher uh, that made the science very uh, accessible to, to us. And uh, uh, during the time, I, I've noticed that uh, it's a very quick changing field. Um, as, an, as, a, as an example, when we were learning uh, immunology uh, in that time, uh, we, we, um, we they were teaching us that the only cells that are able to, that are antigen, professional antigen presenting cells, cells yeah. are dendritic, dendritic, dendritic cells, 
uh, that is the only one that is able to make cross presentation. And uh, in the past few recent years, they did discover that gamma delta T cells are also able to do that. Gamma delta T cells, that were cells that uh, we had only one minute about gamma delta T cells because they were unknown uh, in that in that in that yeah. time. So yeah. it's a very quick changing field, and you don't have time to get bored. Every yeah. day there is something new, and I'm someone that I found that I I I, I easily get bored. I had to work in a, a drugstore as pharmacist. I had to work in a routine lab, and that thing of doing every day the same the, the same thing wasn't wasn't for me at all. And uh, this. Uh, the fact that immunology is a constantly changing fields uh, field uh, is something that I I I I, I like. Mm. I I I really love that story. So, uh, so you you I think you first mentioned the fact that you are you're a very curious person and then you don't like to get bored. So immunology was like <laughs> the perfect haven for you. There are lots of findings and so many things to to still to still discover about. Yeah, immunity in humans and even animals and various organisms. So yeah, I lovely story you have there. Yeah, but I think as you first find out, like what made you want to do a master's in genetics? Before I ask about your work generally, so what spurred you to do a master's in genetics? Okay, um, there is I I'm more interested in cancer immunology. Okay, and uh, there is um um. I, I, I found that uh, genetic uh, and uh, molecular biology uh, could be an interesting tool to apply on study of uh, cancer and immunology. So. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's why I, 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 I went to, um, uh, to um, yes, I, I did this master for um, uh, acquiring knowledge that I will be able to apply then to your um, field. Uh, to my field, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so what have you been doing so far? So you already opened up your, your PhD program. So, what findings have you made so far? Trying to blend the fields of immunology and cancer and genetics. Yeah. We are currently working on Galactin three. Uh, involvement in cancer and more specifically in breast cancer. And um, galactin-3 is an interesting uh, protein because um, it's involved in many biological processes uh, within which uh, some, bi some biological processes that are related to immune response. And from the literature, uh, many in vitro and in vivo studies have uh, shown that galactin-3 uh, can have a pro-tumoral effect because, as an example, galactin-3 uh, can uh, induce T-lymphocyte apoptosis. Galactin-3 can uh, favor switching of microphage phenotype from M1 phenotype, that is uh, anti-tumoral phenotype, to M2 phenotype, that is a pro-tumoral phenotype. And so and so, there is a lot of examples like that of uh, proof that have been made in vitro and in mice model of galactin-3 uh, um, 
conspiring with the tumor to uh, manipulate immune response to make it uh, inefficient against the cancer. And what we found also interesting is from the literature, uh, the, the molecular subtypes of breast cancer that uh, is known to overexpress galactin-3 is the triple negative one. And in West Africa, we have a lot of triple negative breast cancer. Uh, there is co controversy about those data, but um, uh, there is studies that have shown that in Senegal, the rate of triple negative breast cancer is 46%. In Ghana, it's almost 16, 60%, what is a lot uh, in a westernized country, in Caucasian uh, people, it's less than 10%. Mm. They, they have more uh, estrogen and progesterone positive uh, breast cancer that are minimal R or minimal B types. So um, galactin-3 could be overexpressed by the tumor we have more here that are more aggressive, that progress very quickly, and that have very poor outcome. So since galactin-3 uh, has a pro-tumoral potential, if uh, our hypothesis is galactin-3 is involved in that aggressivity of triple negative uh, breast cancer. So um, uh, what could make it a pronostic marker and also a potential therapeutic target since there is uh, galactin-3 inhibitors that have been developed that, is, that are, that are uh, less uh, expensive than uh, molecules like trastuzumab that we use to target uh, breast cancer that express uh, HER2 uh, receptors. So this is why we had this interest for uh, gelatin-3. And what we did first, currently what we are trying to do is generating enough uh, with my supervisor is generating enough preliminary data to get a grant to push forward. And what we did with my PhD is first we recruit patients with breast cancer uh, before any uh, therapeutic intervention and we took uh, blood samples from them. Uh, we assess galactin-3 plasmatic uh, rate lymphocytes activation and apoptosis. And we found that galactin-3 was uh, higher in patient compared to control with a positive correlation between galactin-3 rate and tumor size. The more tumor is big, the more the galactin-3 rate is uh, high. But we did not find relationship between galactin-3 rate and lymphocytes apoptosis and uh, activation. Okay. So it is our most interesting result. And what we did beside is since uh, we were thinking about making galactin-3 uh, 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 a biomarker, we had to make okay. sure that it's uh, accurate biomarker that isn't influenced by something else than the, the disease. And we know from the literature that galactin-3 has blood group antigen as ligand. Okay. And we tried from a blood donor uh, we took samples from blood donor to see if uh, there, there was an influence of uh, blood group antigen on galactin-3 plasmatic rate. And we found that people that express A, B, and AB antigen of uh, blood group have lower galactin-3 
plasmatic rate in uh, non-pathologic uh, condition. Okay. Um, so what we want to do next in the future is, since we uh, did assess galactin-3 in the peripheral blood, and we assess the lymphocytes apoptosis and activation in peripheral blood, we want to go inside the tumor and see what's happened in terms of galactin-3 expression and its influence on immune response. Okay, thank you. Uh, I think that's a lot. Um, so I will start from the last thing you said. So basically, the study so far you've done, you were um, measuring the level of galactin-3 in blood samples, right? Mm -hmm. So in the future, you want to really access the tumors and uh, measure the level of galactin-3 in those tumors. A really interesting part of your study is it's relevant to the African setting uh, that... Um, you no, know, it's highly expressed in triple negative breast cancers that affect, have a relatively high prevalence in Senegal, in um, Ghana, and perhaps other African countries too, you know, in comparison to, you know, um, um, the global north or other individuals like non-Blacks or non-Africans. And then you said that the galactin-3 conspires with the cancers to, you know, it's cancer growth, cancer progression, right? And that you are looking at it to study how this, to use it to measure how the cancer is progressing because you observe that um, the size of tumors and the level of galactin-3, uh, there's a there's kind of a correlation. So the larger the tumors, the higher the level of galactin-3. And then you're also looking at using galactin-3 as um, targeting it, targeting it, um, the protein with... Um, molecules that are apparently cheaper or more accessible than you know, the very, very expensive um, cancer therapies we make use of now. Like, I think you mentioned uh, an immunotherapy, a monoclonal antibody used to treat cancer. Hmm. Interesting. Like, I, I think I'm already enjoying the conversation, right? Because uh, my next question was supposed to be, so wh why is your research important? What's its relevance to the African populace? But I think there are already, you know, points that you've mentioned about, you know, about the triple negative breast cancer, and then also about the fact that the therapies that you'd probably develop in the future will be cheaper than some of the correct therapies. Like therapies that can target um, galactin three will be cheaper than, you know, the other therapies we have used to treat cancer today. So yeah, so um, I, I think we, sh we you should just um, talk about talk a bit about triple negative breast cancer. So um, in breast cancer, there is a molecular uh, classification of uh, cancer uh, that rely on expression of uh, three uh, receptors that are that are uh, estrogen receptors, uh, pro progesterone receptor, so a female hormone receptor, and uh, beside uh, human epidermal growth factor receptor 2, uh, HER2. And uh, the tumor that express uh, female hormone receptor uh, and uh, that don't, do not express HER2, uh, they are classified in either luminal A group or luminal B group of uh, of breast cancer, and when the breast cancer express only HER2, it is uh, considered as breast cancer overexpressing HER2, and when the tumor 
do not express those three markers, it's a triple negative breast cancer. And in terms of pronostic, uh, grade of the disease and aggressivity of the disease, triple negative breast cancer are, have, uh, have very, uh, are very bad because they, 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 they have high grade, uh, high aggressivity and poor outcome. And uh, there is currently uh, no uh, targeted therapy for triple negative breast cancer. And, and uh, there is uh, targeted therapy for the other molecular subtype, but no for triple negative breast cancer. So thank you for that, um, providing that um, simple um, explanation to um, what the triple negative breast cancer is about. Uh, so I think, like I said, you, you already highlighted how um, there are already aspects of your research that relate to, you know, the unique context of the African populace. But I, I think you, I will still give you a few minutes to just expound on it, on how um, you think your research is relevant to Africa and how it will benefit Africans. And yeah, so I think that's just a question. So how is your research relevant to the African context and how will your research, these findings and then, you know, the possible um, applications, you know, the translational aspect of it, how will it benefit Africans? Okay, um, I, I think that maybe we, we, we are a bit far away uh, uh, from the, the, the potential future application, uh, but um, our um, main uh, objective was to, um, since we, we, have, we, we have seen that there is uh, some um, uh, disparity in cancer, the, the the incidence of cancer is higher in uh, high income country and westernized country, but the the mortality the lethality of those diseases uh, are higher in our our, our context. Mm -hmm. uh, there is socioeconomic explanation, access to health. Uh, uh, there is. Um, a lot of socioeconomic explanation, but there is fact that uh, the socioeconomic factor doesn't explain. As an example, why do we have more triple negative? Um, maybe it's because we are exposed to uh, some um, uh, environmental factor that doesn't exist in other, other uh, countries or even uh, infectious disease that doesn't exist in uh, other country, but it can be also due to how genetic background, since there is a lot of heterogeneity in terms of genetic in, within our continent. So uh, the, our purpose is to identify uh, those specificity in terms of immunogenetics to try to target them to improve uh, the, 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 the care in uh, breast cancer. And uh, with regard to the fact that uh, uh, every uh, therapeutic intervention, we will uh, we will um, try to uh, bring in the continent should take into account that uh, the the it should be accessible as accessible as possible. So with our project, we. We are trying to find something that could be 
targeted uh, that is specific to uh, African continent, mm -hmm. and that could be that could be used both as biomarker to predict outcome of the disease and also could be targeted to improve uh, patient outcome with uh, higher accessibility. So basically, you are looking at the fact that the African populace there's this heterogeneity in our genetics and then whatever you're targeting should be accessible, should be relevant to that context and then should also be accessible. Maybe accessibility regards access itself and also regards um, the financial accessibility and also it should also serve the dual purpose of, you know, um, being used for kind of prognosis or diagnostic um, goal and also mm -hmm. relevant to um, being a drug target. Uh, I know you mentioned that you're doing you're doing a lot of writing and you have deadlines to meet. <laughs> so, but um, while you were doing all of this lab work, so uh, what was the typical day for like you in the lab? Okay. Uh, it is an interesting question, and um, there is um, rarely two days that are the same in. Uh, how uh, in how um, it's difficult to find two days that are the, the same. same. Mm -hmm. uh, usually, uh, in the morning, I'm supposed to be at hospital because I'm also a medical biologist. Uh, I'm working in a military hospital of Wakam. And uh, during the morning, I'm there. And during the, the afternoon I'm, and the evening, I'm here at uh, our university lab. Uh, and uh, sometimes we have to, we are working on a side project with uh, my supervisor. Sometimes we receive call for recruiting uh, patient and we have to travel toward all the hospital that are in uh, Senegal for recruiting those, those patients. So during the morning, it's, it is mostly routine and uh, routine lab uh, work and during the afternoon it, it's more research and sometimes during the morning we uh, it's happen that we have to recruit patients and go in order place for meeting those uh, those patients so um what kind of experiments did you run to for this study so for this study we did uh, eliza uh, we did also, um, we did assess galactin-3 uh, cytokines, uh, inflammatory cytokines, and Ailton uh, uh, by uh, Eliza Sandwich. Um, we use flow cytometry also to characterize uh, TNB lymphocytes uh, and assess also uh, the activation and apoptosis rates of those cells. Uh, we, I, I, I'm actually trying to write the thesis to finish this year, but uh, there is a part that is uh, more uh, molecular biology for which we I'm currently extracting DNA to run some uh, PCR, PCR uh, experiment for genotyping of uh, interesting gene variants that could be involved in uh, high galactin three trait and expression. Yeah, cool, cool, really cool. Uh, I think, like like I mentioned, your background in genetics and immunology just gives you that um, 
foothold, really strong uh, foothold to, you know, uh, explore uh, various aspects of, you know, your study. Because I, I think for someone who did not have a genetic background, they probably just focus on the immunological aspect. And for someone who don't have an immunology background, they focus on the genetic aspect. But since you have background in both, you can understand the genes, you know, that are influencing the immunological aspects and also understand how the immunology is contributing to the disease. So, yeah, I, I think I'm just curious to ask about um, studying in Senegal. So was uh, was this like a funded uh, program or were you self-funded or was it a scholarship? It wasn't a, a funded program. Uh, I, I, I did, uh, I had a chance to find an all the project that was ending and they had um, they had uh, a region that uh, were left and from that uh, we uh, we organized to uh, to uh, to to build this project and to start and uh, during that time uh, we've uh, I, I I did meet with uh, one guy that became a friend in an immunology congress in China. Uh, his name is Jacobis Hendricks. We discussed about the project, he was interested, and uh, we start working together. And we obtained a small grant in South Africa for the genetic part of uh, Galician, of uh, the Galician tree investigation. And now what I'm doing is using all those results to try to build a a grant to get more fund. Research here is uh, very, it's difficult everywhere, but we have uh, some challenges that are specific to us. Uh, as an example, um, to learn multiparametric flow cytometry, I had to move in Gambia to have uh, training, a one month training uh, there um, because during that time, there wasn't a good flow cytometry facility in uh, our country. And um, the main uh, limits that we encounter is uh, technical facilities. Okay. So it's challenging for learning techniques and also even running experiment. Mm. <laughs> I, I I think I had I had to ask that question because I know um, doing a PhD anywhere in the, anywhere in the world is already difficult and but then doing it in Africa is I think it's another level of difficulty. So yeah, so uh, I think from your you you able to secure a small grant right to support your work, but I I think it was also largely funded by you and maybe you you got support from your supervisor, right? Yes, my supervisor. Okay, okay. So, because I, you know, um, oftentimes when Africans leave the shores of the continent to the to other countries, um, most times in most cases for PhDs is usually funded programs. Maybe the supervisor or the university, or maybe they secure, uh, secure an, a kind of independent scholarship to fund their work. But then doing it in Africa, it's they are they are already. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say they are, they are really funds, but they are actually really funds. Like maybe you actually, you don't, it's not typical to have you no know, multiple funded PhD programs for people who are doing PhDs mm -hmm. or even MSCs. Most times you have to, you know, be working alongside your program so you, you can secure funds to keep the project going. And I think that's one disadvantage 
um, Africans you know face sometimes. As someone was saying saying recently that um, if you are using the same brain to think about money and think about research, your your thoughts for the research will not be will not be coherent because you already your some of your brain cells are already focused on money, and then the few ones left will not have the capacity to you know bear the kind of thoughts and ideas that will you know take your research forward. Um... I, I would like to encourage all young immunologists to uh, um, go uh, on Immunopedia. Immunopedia is a platform uh, that is um, amazingly helpful for young scientists. There is a lot of interesting course material that is uh, uh, available online, but also uh, there is a lot of opportunity around immunopedia. You can become an immunopedia ambassador uh, to help to, uh, um, it will uh, help you in many um, aspects of your, of your career. And it help also to be uh, on touch with um, immunology uh, events that are organized uh, in the world and within the continent. My first real contact with the research, the world of uh, immunology research was thanks to Immunopedia. Uh, frequently, uh, the Educational Committee of IVIS organized a course uh, in which, uh, for which you can uh, um, be candidate. And when you are selected, they fund you to travel. You meet uh, amazingly, uh, kind and uh, good scientist in uh, the field of immunology. Uh, you have occasion to learn and also to make networking and to obtain opportunity. Uh, so I, I would like to encourage all young immunologists to uh, uh, subscribe to the uh, Immunopedia newsletter. Uh, it, it is amazingly helpful. Thank you. Thank, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, I think I, I know about Immunopedia. I've, I've explored their website too. So, and I think it's, it has lots of resources like you shared. Um, so I think the next thing I want to ask about is for someone who has spent four years or more, at least minimum of four, five years, or maybe six years in graduate school, uh, you'd have had you no know, waves of successes and failures you know, unmet expectations, maybe you applied for something and then you did get it. So how, what's your approach to celebrating wins or, you know, handling rejections? It's a very tough one <laughs> because um, I, since I, I, I started in university, I don't remember having really celebrated uh, uh, success because okay. every time you finish something, you have to be focused for the next for the next step. But usually, what I do, the first thing I, I do is uh, sending a, 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 or calling my mom to tell her. Uh, and usually, the celebration is uh, mostly with with her. Okay. <laughs> so, what about um? Failures or rejections, how do you manage them? Failure is uh, painful, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm very um, 
faithful in God. And what I usually say is uh, when he do not give you something, it is because it's it wasn't the best for, for you and he's keeping something best for for you. So usually I, I don't complain a lot and I, I don't stay sad or affected uh, a long time. Um, I just um, say that it's God will and since it's God will, it's not the best for me. Maybe there is something, something better. Yes, I think that's that's a nice perspective. Uh, so so thank you for sharing. So you you really do not celebrate success like that. So like typical celebration. So you call your mom and then well, I would say celebrate with your mom. But then fulfill you. I think you have this confidence that um, you know if you are not getting something, then it means God has prepared or is preparing something better for you. So I think overall you don't. You don't dwell too long on successes or failures, so you get over them quickly, um, and then just move ahead to the next to the next task. Task, yeah, yeah. Something else I wanted to ask about is, um, particularly in the context of your research or maybe your experience generally outside of research. What what's something you think you would you know you would like to change if you had the capacity to? Perhaps you became the president of Senegal today, or or you, you know, perhaps you are in that position where you are able to inform certain policies, maybe in research, in science, or in any area. Or what what are things that you think um, the continent has to give attention to? Um, maybe in the context of immunology, but perhaps in the general context of science and research. Okay, um, I I have one. Um... From, from my um, opinion, um, as you said uh, previously, uh, there is a lot of, um, um, it's very difficult to uh, obtain, to have opportunity for PhD and postdoc within Africa. And um, I, I, I think that uh, for the next generation African scientists, uh, it's our responsibility to, to try to change it uh, and how um, in at one, one point of our career some of us got opportunity to uh, travel and learn how to do good research uh, abroad uh, and then at one time I think that we have to think about giving back to our to our country it's our responsibility to try our best to create uh, opportunity for the uh, young scientists that will come next. So if I was able to change something, I, I would do it as scientist and try to create as much opportunity as I can for young future minorities that are in Senegal. Yeah, thank you so much for for that. So I think your your primary concern is the availability of opportunities in your country and also in the continent. And um, you believe people who have you no know, individuals who have had experience, international experience, um, should be willing to take it upon themselves to give back to their home countries, to give back to the continent, and ensure that you know the coming generation they do not 
encounter as much stress as the current generation is um experiencing yeah so i think that's that's really an a, a very important um issue that deserves lots of attention in the continent right creation of opportunities multiple opportunities because you know if you if you want to bring in the conversation of brain drain you know that context of of, of course people are already arguing that it it does have its benefits but the whole idea of people leaving the continent if there were opportunities sufficient opportunities perhaps people would still be leaving but maybe not as much as you know the number of persons who, who live um now but yeah so i think that's something really important about creating opportunities and i i i believe like perhaps with your experience and of course with what the future holds for you uh i i have no doubt that when you are in that position of power or authority or influence you'd be more than willing and capable to you know make sure that people have access to opportunities and you know, there is this abundance of opportunities for young people and, of course, for individuals in the continent. The next thing I wanted to ask before we take the last part of the interview is uh, about your life and your journey, your experience. So what are the things you think guide you as an individual? Um, my mindset is um, I, I, I see life as uh, quality management. In quality, we say that uh, it's, um, um, I, I don't know how to translate it in English without changing the sense, but it's a permanent improvement. So um, as a human being, we all have limits and we have to stay and see where, how, where, where are our limits. It's the diagnostic. And when you have your diagnostic, uh, all your lifelong, your uh, objective should be to try to improve yourself again and again and again and again, all your life long. And it's, um, I, I'm applying it to all the part of my life, either in the professional uh, part of the life the personal life, and even in terms of uh, uh, faith. Uh, we are not perfect. We are um, we all human sin. But uh, since you know it, uh, you have to try your best to improve yourself every day. Okay. Yeah. So you said quality management and, you know, um, constant improvement. So making sure that you are Every day you are striving to become a better version of yourself and you try to apply it across every um every aspect of your life, you know, in research, in academics, in your faith. And um the last question I want to ask now is what your favorite immune cell is? What's your favorite immune cell and why is it your favorite immune cell? Okay. Thanks to uh Prof. Dieter Kablitz that have met in one uh, IUIS course. Uh, since that time, I'm a huge fan of Gamma Delta T cell. Oh, okay. It, before that uh, course, it was the uh, Immuno Algeria course that was about uh, allergy, uh, allergy uh, diagnostic and therapy in the molecular era. And he did 
uh, an uh, amazing presentation about gamma delta T cell. And uh, I've seen that those cells are able to do everything. They are cytotoxic. They are able to secrete cytokines to regulate immune response. They are antigen presenting cells. Uh, so they are doing uh, pretty much everything. And uh, something that amazed me also is T cells need to recognize antigen. So protein, you, you, you need mutation in a specific gene uh, that will change the protein uh, in cancer context for the T cells T cell to, rec to recognize it. But the gamma delta T cells are able to sense metabolic changes, what is also uh, amazing. So I'm a huge fan of gamma delta T cells. So I think you're, you're you're almost converting me to also love gamma delta T cells. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll probably go. I think I've seen them somewhere before, like that name. Um, but so I think I'll probably go and maybe do some reading about gamma delta T cells. And um, after this call, <laughs> so let me also explore the uh, uh that this unique uh, and amazing feature they have. So what's what what was your plan after, um. Your PhD. So, are you staying back for a postdoc in the continent? Are you going into industry, or are you exploring opportunities as outside the continent? Um, what what I would like to do is to um, try to obtain uh, internship first uh, in a good um, research institute. Um, I feel like I there is few things I need to uh, set up and improve myself uh, with, with, with those before uh, candidating for a postdoc. Uh, a postdoc abroad to learn as much as I can about how to, uh, how to uh, manage research before coming back uh, in Senegal and try to create opportunity, as I said, for the people interested in immunology here, and then try to promote and push immunology more forward in our, in our country. Yeah, so I, I I wish you the best with that. Yeah, I think, uh, of course, I love the perspective of um, your response relates to your perspective of you no know, constant improvement, right? So you still see a need to own your skills in the field before delving into a postdoc. I, I I do pray you get all the support you need and you know become that uh, kind of researcher that you've always dreamed of. So thank you so much once again. Thank you very much for inviting me, and I wish you also the best with your uh, podcast series and also your your scientific career. How did an aspiring professional basketball player end up as an inspiring immunology scientist? Well, we all know that story now. However, that's just one way to view Dudu's journey. Another equally interesting and stimulating perspective will be how context-specific and promising his proposed solution to targeting the aggressive breast cancers found in Africa is. We also have the answers. We are excited about what the future holds for him and we'll keep you all posted. 
Thank you for listening to this episode on Immuno Africa. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it with your network. You will learn first about future episodes and get other immunology related updates by following Immuno underscore Africa or the Immunology in Africa podcast on social media. See you on the next episode. Bye.